This is Ag Bioscience. Welcome and thanks for joining. I'm Mitch Frazier, President and CEO of Agrinovus Indiana, and this is the podcast where we explore all things Ag Bioscience people, the products and innovations across food, animal health, plant science, and ag tech. Context is critical in leading change, and today's guest has built a wealth of experiences that have taken her from Capitol Hill to the Great Plains to Google's Global Ag Tech Accelerator Program, all led with one clear ambition, improving sustainability. Today, she continues her mission at plant science pioneer Inari, and she's with us. Welcome, Anya Gandhi, Sustainability and Strategy Leader at Inari. Anya, welcome to Ag Bioscience. Thanks so much, Mitch. Thanks for having me. It's great to be with you and your listeners. Between us, I have found my experience wrangling bulls to be very translatable to the corporate world. So I love it. I recommend we are gonna... progression for all, <laughs> all interested. <laughs> Anya, we are going to have so much fun today. Y you and the team, Ponzi, the entire team at Inari, just doing amazing work, really focused on sustainability, using gene editing. Before we jump into Inari, we have to jump into your story. Modern day Renaissance professional, best way I can describe it, you've been a cowboy on the Great Plains, a shepherd in New Zealand. You've worked in one of the world's top tech accelerator programs at Google, now you're leading sustainability at AgTech Unicorn Inari. I mean, just incredible work. Help us fill in the blanks, help us connect the dots, share more about the Anya story, your journey, and what brought you to Inari. Yeah, thank you so much, Mitch. Um, I will I will definitely be using the, uh, the term Renaissance professional in the future. I, I like that. I think no, it's the I'm new CRO. I really do. Chief Renaissance Officer Ponzi, uh, Travis Fade, the, the uh, CEO of Inari, if you're listening, just going to throw one in for Anya, CRO, Chief Renaissance Officer. I think there's a possibility here. Anya. You heard it here first. Uh, <laughs> I'm here. I'm ready. Um, yeah, I, I really appreciate that intro. You know, those are the type of experiences that you figure out one at a time. I certainly, yeah. I've been asked it a lot of times in, in my career, what do you think you're going to be doing five years from now? And I've just utterly given up. I have no earthly idea. Um, but there is there is a common thread, and, and you've hit on it, right? It is sustainability. It's searching for ways that climate changes uh, that are already reshaping our world today can actually be transformed, and we can make them into a catalyst for a brighter future. Um, and and finding that that path. So I've explored a lot of a lot of different routes, um, and I've spent so much of my career in agriculture because agriculture has this unique, just beautiful potential that blows me away. We have the opportunity, farming can replenish natural resources at the same time that we are extracting them. And that's just incredible. So you know, for example, when we think about nature positive farming, we can, we can build this thick, healthy topsoil that's sequestering carbon. And we're also extracting feed, fuel, fiber, food. Um, so when I was working on ranches, for example, I was exploring how do we use different grazing methods to build that type of deep, rich topsoil that sequesters lots of carbon. And soil is actually, it's, it's one of the largest uh, sinks, carbon sinks in the world, and we are losing hmm. it at an alarming rate. Um, so it's a really big issue. But if we invest in soil health, we can mitigate the rate of climate change and improve farm yields and profits. I'm going to skip forward and, and I want to get to Inari because I'm really yeah. excited to talk about it here today. So years after cowboying, I was making the decision to leave Google and I, I wanted to return to full-time agriculture. Um, and Inari just stood out and the 
team speaks for itself. You've mentioned a few of the people here. Incredible. Oh, there's this incredible wealth of experience. Our chief scientific officer, Catherine Fillet, she was the first one. She led the sequencing of the wheat genome. I mean, you name it. We have Jennifer Doudna, who discovered CRISPR and has a Nobel Prize on our scientific strategy board. And what called to me about Inari was possibility. So as climate change advances, gene editing guided by predictive design and systems thinking can help us rapidly adapt to more extreme weather events, degraded soil, and to feed this population that's already surpassed 8 billion. So we at Inari, we have the potential to go beyond lots of these you know, net zero pledges that you're saying you're seeing everywhere. And they're basically saying, well, we're going to try and do less harm by 2050. And that just isn't good enough. So at Inari, we have the potential to create a positive impact, a positive footprint in the world. And that's really exciting to me. We need more companies creating that type of positive value. Let's dig into that, Anya, because we, when I look at Inari and the work that your team is leading, it is truly incredible, differentiated by definition. Share more about the portfolio. What, what are the products that the team at Inari are developing for agriculture? Yeah, absolutely. So Inari, we call it the seed design company. And what we mean by that is we're designing seeds that are addressing the world's needs. So we're pushing towards more sustainable, nature-positive food systems that benefit population, the planet, and the people who grow our food. So we're doing that by using this combination of AI-powered predictive design, and we have a pioneering multiplex gene editing toolbox. And between those two things, we believe we can unlock the full potential of seed that's right at the foundation of our food system. So today, our product pipeline uh, is aiming to increase soy yields by 20%, wheat yields by 10%, corn yields by 10%, these big step change improvements, while also improving corn, water, and nitrogen use, fertilizer, uh, fertilizer use by 40%. Um, but of course, the vision, the future of Inari is as a platform uh, for delivering these type of, of changes across crops. And as you look at the toolbox, the toolbox that the Inari team is advancing, Ponzi often talks, when she talks about gene editing, I think the core technology that sort of underpins the Inari uh, product suite, she often talks about this idea of gene editing and, and helps people understand, like me, the difference between gene editing and gene modification. One's a dial, one's a switch. Dig deeper, if you would, into helping folks who may not be as familiar with the differences between gene modification, also known as GMO, and gene editing, the work that you're leading at Inari. Yeah, it's, it's a really wonderful question. They're very different. So unlike GMOs with gene editing, there's no insertion of foreign DNA. So gene editing is making modifications that would otherwise occur much more slowly over time or that we may have already even seen in a plant's distant relative. So it's, it's much more similar to traditional breeding techniques that we've been doing for the last you know, 12,000 years but we can do it more precisely in a lot less time and with far fewer resources. And as I said earlier, that capacity for this more rapid adaptation is gonna become so much more important as climate change advances. So putting it really simply, what our technology can do is it's unlocking the ability to edit a living organism's DNA, similar to how a word processor is used to edit written documents. So you're adding, you're deleting, you're mm. replacing letters in the cell's natural genetic code. And we're using proven tools like CRISPR to introduce these natural modifications to the crop's DNA. 
fascinating work and it, and it really does align with your personal mission and certainly the mission of Inari around sustainability. I, I want to dig into sustainability and profitability. We, we often talk about those two things as discrete components. I, I really do believe the future will be one where those two things come together. Give us a sense. How, how are you seeing sustainability and profitability really come together? You talked about some big goals and yields, but, but how do you bring together improved business outcomes, both for the environment and profitability of your customers? Yeah, I'm really glad you raised it. Uh, you know, if you ever study sustainability, you'll often see the idea of this three-legged stool. So you have a, a social sustainability, economic sustainability, and environmental sustainability. And they go hand in hand if that stool is going to stay up, right? You need sure. all of those legs. So you know, one of the big myths that we've heard over the last decades is that focusing on sustainability comes at a cost to profits. But when companies implement sustainability efforts, what they actually realize is a huge part of sustainability is efficient operations that also keep costs low. They keep business practices uh, that are keeping the natural world healthy, their workers healthy, and their consumers healthy, so they can keep generating profits for generations to come. And on top of that, especially these days, there can be huge market opportunities in the sustainability space because making things more sustainable is, by definition, creating value for people and the planet that supports us all. And we see this unity between sustainability and profit really clearly in our business at Anari. So if, for example, we look at our target product of corn that needs 40% less nitrogen fertilizer, this last year in 2022, farmers spent you know, about 225 bucks per acre on nitrogen fertilizer, and that's up $130 from the year before. I know you know this, Mitch, you work in the world, but that's massive, massive increases. Right. So a 40% reduction would be huge savings for farmers. And of course, at the same time, we see these massive environmental savings and at the global level, there's reductions in the potent greenhouse gas nitrous oxide. It's 285 or something like that times more potent than CO2. And then at a local level, we're seeing big reductions in the nitrates that are leaching into the water system. They create dead zones. They contaminate the ponds that neighborhood kids want to swim in. So you know, I think what we're looking at is all these different scales, local through global, and it's environmental sustainability is so closely tied with that economic sustainability. I love that. Economic and environmental sustainability. It's, it's one in the same. We can get there and you're doing it with partners. I mean, this is the piece that I think is also fascinating. You know, partnership, such a powerful part of the Inari story, such a powerful part of the Inari growth strategy. You've made some big announcements, corn, wheat, soybean. We've talked about your goals, but big announcements with big names, companies like Bex, Stein, Intergrain. How do you see partnerships really coming together to fuel growth, accelerate the ability to deliver on those big goals that you've set forward in terms of improvement and sustainability? Yeah, Anari has made a lot of big announcements in a few short years because it's right. a huge focus for us. So collaboration with independent seed companies all around the world, it's, it's absolutely core to our business. And that's all the way from product design through to seed sales. So as a seed design company, a big part of what we are is an enabler for these existing seed companies. These seed companies are trusted advisors in their farming communities. They often have generational relationships. So what we do at Anari is we take the elite germplasm that these companies already have, 
we apply our technology platform to improve that germplasm. And we'll often collaborate with our partners in co-designing new seeds, sharing those decades of breeding experience. Um, as one example, I've had the immense pleasure of working closely with Intergrain. So that's our Australian wheat partner. Mm -hmm. And what I've found through that whole process is it really is a collaboration in the true sense of the word. We are each bringing different important pieces and together we make each other exponentially better at meeting the needs of farmers and consumers. I love it. I love it. Anya, now we're talking with Anya Gandhi. She's sustainable strategy leader at Inari. Anya, we got time for two more questions. Two more questions. And I wanna dig into this, this incredible growth story that you have been leading, the team's been leading. Now you're officially a unicorn, a valuation over a billion. You've raised 475 million roughly in venture, hired hundreds in Cambridge, as well as your R&D operations in Belgium, here in Indiana at Purdue University or near Purdue University. Give us a sense, give us a sense for this growth that you've witnessed over the past three years. Yeah, thanks Mitch. The growth has been absolutely huge. We are up over 170 people, excuse me, wow. 270 people. Oh my goodness, wow. 270 people in three sites in two different countries. We can't add space fast enough, excuse me, we can't add space fast enough. Uh, it has made finding meeting rooms very difficult. I had to borrow my CEO's <laughs> office for this, this podcast, um, but it is otherwise all positive growth. And you know, kidding aside, we, we've had a few great years. In September, we closed another up round, which we were very pleased with, especially in this current market environment. And what's been so wonderful about all this growth, growth is the remarkable talent that's joined us. And it's this team that's going to bring the vision to life. And who I want to highlight in this, this moment is actually the women who are leading at Inari. We have a female CEO, CPO, CSO, CIDO, every acronym you could think of. Um, <laughs> we have women leading corporate affairs, government relations, regulatory affairs. We also have three women on our board of directors. I mentioned Jennifer Doudna, Nobel Laureate on our scientific strategy board. But it's not just impressive women at this board and executive leadership level. In my sustainability role, for example, I work closely with three just absolute dynamos, um, excuse me, four dynamos, uh, Katie Effinger, Alexa Horn, Anna Maria Alexandru, and Nicole Neville. And this group, it was, it was an all-volunteer group. They stepped up a year ago to first make lab operations more sustainable across all of our sites. And that's so challenging because it's this high energy use space. You've got these really precise experiments and safety considerations and single-use plastics like gloves and hazardous waste that has to be burned. And this team just dove in to figure it out. And they found biodegradable gloves and they're changing set points on the freezers that use as much energy as, as an average household in a day. Uh, and now they're expanding outside of labs to make these changes across all of Inari. So you know, from top to bottom, we have these, these passionate, creative, thoughtful, collaborative people um, and as, as Katie says, you know, sustainability is like safety. We all own it. So to see so many people and these four in particular taking ownership for Inari's footprint and making a difference is really just, uh, it's wonderful. I love it. When you have this groundswell of energy and excitement and movement forward, momentum builds, innovation happens. And in this case, not just innovation in product, but innovation in operations. 
Anya, it's incredible. Okay, last question. Last question. We have to take this broad. Uh, you've built your entire career around sustainability. We've talked about that quite a bit. Give us a sense, if you would, where do you see the greatest opportunity to improve sustainability? As we think about this global food system, where do we? where is the greatest opportunity to really address sustainability? Yeah, I think you hit it in one of the words that you just said, and that word is system. And if there is a, a key takeaway I could highlight for our listeners today, it's we have to think in systems if we're ever going to achieve not just sustainability, but thriving. I mean, we can thrive, right? And it comes down to designing for systems health. Mm. We live in this world that is made up of these nested interdependent systems. There's agriculture, ecological, geopolitical, financial, and so many more, but we don't design for systems. We design in silos for these isolated KPIs. And it's totally understandable. It's, it's what we've been trained in and taught. You have to be able to measure it. But the greatest opportunity and what the world's biggest challenges, including feeding over 8 billion require, is designs that optimize the interactions between and across these complicated systems. So part of why I'm so excited to work with Inari is Inari has actually invested in a suite of dynamic system models so we can better understand the likely ripple effects of our products across these intertwined systems. So because our Earth's biome is composed of all these layered systems that have every living creature, right? Human, plant, animal, microbes, yes. all in these systems, small changes can create this whole avalanche of effects or changes we expect to be huge have an unexpectedly small impact. It's the butterfly effect and it really does exist. So with this modeling, with systems thinking really robustly applied, we can look at what plant characteristics would most improve greenhouse gases, land use, or water quality individually or at the same time. We can explore how these likely impacts are going to change in future conditions that are different from historic ones because we know the future world will look radically different than it does today. We're already seeing those shifts. So Inari has made this, this bold commitment to become a net positive company. And what that means is our emissions, water, waste footprint are going to be far offset by the positive impacts created by driving nature positive agriculture. So we need companies that go beyond just reducing harm, getting to net zero at some point in the future to actually become net positive companies creating healthy system dynamics. Anya, it's a big, it's a big goal. It's a big goal, a big ambition, truly optimizing the system of systems, which is the global food supply chain. It has been just an incredible delight to spend time with you today. She is Anya Gandhi, sustainability strategy leader at Anari. Anya, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much, Mitch. It's been a pleasure being with you, being with all of your listeners and getting to talk about Anari. And thank you for tuning into Ag Bioscience. You can get the latest Ag Bioscience news and insights from discussions just like this by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. And while there, you can access our entire library of archived episodes and give us a review. Don't forget, you can always learn more online at agronovasindiana.com. On behalf of the entire Agronovas team, I'm Mitch Frazier saying thanks for listening. We look forward to seeing you real soon. This podcast is a product of Agronovis Indiana in collaboration with Inside Indiana Business. Hosted by Mitch Frazier. Produced by Kayla Chittister and Fabian Rodriguez. Photography by Kaylee Kerr. To get all ag bioscience news all the time, visit agronovisindiana.com.